0: Hello everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now, today's episode is a follow-on special from my 2003 special that I only released two days ago. On that episode, I was joined by Dead Pony, Hell is for Heroes and the Saint Pierre Snake Invasion. But this time round, I've got four brand new interviews that I did backstage at the festival to share with you all today. On today's episode, I'm joined by Heart Attack Man, Brutus, Lost Alone and Military Gun. I truly believe there's a massive mix here of interviews, a massive range of genres of music, a whole range of bands and a bit of something for everyone. So I can't wait to get to those interviews with you in just a couple of minutes time. I really do hope that this week you've all been enjoying the 2000 Trees Festival specials. It all started with Jen Hingley which was a live podcast at the start of the week. She was an absolutely amazing guest and I was so thrilled to have her on. And the best part was that the people that couldn't come to the festival and see the live show were then able to listen back in the comfort of their own homes. The special that I released only 48 hours ago has been absolutely amazing. I've seen The Saint Pierre, Snake Invasion tweeting it, Headers for Heroes and Dead Pony, and all the band members are saying how much they enjoyed listening back, so thanks so much to those guys but today it's all about four brand new bands for you all and I'm kicking today off with Heart Attack Man, a band that I only recently discovered and I absolutely fell in love with. They put on an amazing show at 2000 Trees and again are one of those bands that I think will just keep getting bigger and better and I hope that more people discover them as soon as possible. So just before I hit that play button let's give a quick shout out to the sponsor of the podcast Richard Sounds thanks so much to those guys each and every month for sponsoring Mark and me And if you're in the market for a brand new TV or home cinema system, visit RichardSounds.com. Right, on with the show. Here's me and Heart Attack Man talking all things 2000 Trees.
1: Everybody.
0: both of you. Welcome to the Mark and Me podcast. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, Mark. How you both doing? I mean, at the moment, I mean in the UK, not like you guys, I'm melting, so this is hot for us. This is a rare occasion. How are you feeling, Ty?
2: I feel great. We got a little warm up in the uh, American Southwest right before this, so yeah, yeah. this is this is starting to feel normal.
3: Yeah, I'm feeling uh, good. I, 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 uh, I'm wearing a long-sleeve shirt and shorts right now, so this is like my ideal fit. You know, it's like not too hot to where I can't wear the long sleeve. But, you know, it's hot enough. I want to wear the shorts. This is beautiful. And um, what I do with all the bands that come on the podcast is I want to get to kind of know
0: what made you be in the band you are now. So when it all started when you were a kid, what was that first album that each of you had that made you fall in love with music? Maybe you saved up with your pocket money. Maybe a relative gave you an album. But was there that first album that you just fucking listen to all the time?
3: Oh man, uh, I'd say the first album that like got me really hyped and like really motivated to play music. It, it also just incidentally kind of you know ended up being the first album that I was like there for and was like excited for the rollout and everything. Was "Saint Anger" by Metallica. Um, you know, definitely uh, definitely uh, loaded loaded words in in the Metallica world. I feel like it's uh, definitely not definitely not the coolest answer but you know I first heard Metallica when I was in like fifth grade and you know I heard like Enter Sandman and all that like the hits but then I was like around for when you know they were gearing up to release really say in anger and I was I was stoked and then like that came out I'm like man this is awesome that snare tone is great you know I was like <laughs> it's this is doing it for me and you know as I've gotten older I'm like okay it's not Maybe not, it's not the best Metallica record, but I think it's the most honest one.
0: I watched the <laughs> Some Kind of Monster documentary. Yeah, that's and what amazing. I'm talking about. Like a whole new respect for that album. Honestly, yeah. yeah,
3: because it's like, that was the first time that you know the world got to see the biggest, first and really the only time where uh, the entire world got to see the biggest metal band in the world in crisis. Yeah. And to see, yeah. oh, wow, Metallica doesn't even have it together right now. Like, it was very humanizing, I think. I think that was a very important I mean, the, you know, we're not a metal band, but I think that was a very important uh, moment for a lot of music, honestly. I think it, like, really humanized the this side of things where it's like, oh, like, it's Metallica, they're like an institution, and here's this insane documentary where they clearly don't have it together, and, like, I think that's important, and I think another band that, like, really kind of brought, like, big for me growing up was Korn. Yeah. That, you know, in a similar way, that I feel like really kind of changed the paradigm of metal to where it's like they made it a lot more, like, emotional and, like, uh, you could open up about certain things that really were kind of taboo before. And now it's like, you know, I think everyone's better off uh, that we've uh, kind of crossed that threshold and that's, like, you know, more acceptable to, like... Do,
0: do you know what? I had Head on the um, oh, really? podcast and of Brian, and I sat down with him. And he made me realize that these bands aren't invincible. Yeah. And they're yeah. put on these pedestals. And bands like Korn, they changed my life. Life is Peachy is one of the best albums in- ever. It amazing. blew my mind. And even Metallica. And I always thought they were these immortal gods. And to watch James Hetfield in the face of Lars basically saying, fuck you. Yeah. It made me realize that everyone is the same. Everyone's a human being. People have anxiety. People have depression yeah. and it's fine. And if my gods that I've looked up to, like Jonathan Davis all my life, has the same issues that I have. Yeah, then yeah. it's okay to tell my friends. That it I'm is very important, shit.
3: you know, yeah. as as goofy of an answer it is for me to be like, yeah, saying anger was, you know, kind of what what kickstarted a lot of things for me. That's Metallica is why I play music, you know, that that inspired me, and that was the first album I was around for. So, you know, that that's that's kind of where it all started for me. What about you, Ty?
2: Yeah. So for me, it was I was blessed with having an older sister who was into cool stuff. <laughs> so that meant borrowing a lot of CDs and she had copies of Nimrod and Dookie and An amazing albums. Yeah, so I would sneak into her room and take those often. And then for my birthday one year, my dad bought us tickets to go see them with Blink-182 on the Pop Disaster Tour in I think it was 2002. I was 13. And so that was the first like big show I ever went to and that was the moment where I was like that's the thing. That's what I want to do with my life. Yeah, It so was
0: crazy. I'm sure my age, I'm 41, but my first tour that I ever went to see was Green Day on their Dookie tour. Wow, uh, that's awesome. When they came on, uh, they started with, I think it was When I Come Around. Uh-huh. Yeah. And as that guitar kicked in, and then Trey came in with that amazing little lick. It's so cool. Yeah. I was blown it's away. It's like
2: one of my favorite bass lines of all time. It's amazing. It's so good it's
0: like did and it's simple, but it just fucking stuck with me. And ever since then, I was like, how do three people make so much noise yeah. and make it so good? And that was before they had a fourth guitarist. Right, right, right. And um, it made me, honestly, change my life and discovered bands then like Nirvana and Pearl Jam and all this. Absolutely, But uh, Green Day and, uh, like you said, Metallica, those bands are still doing it today as good as they did 20 years ago. Absolutely. It, yeah. fucking a, it must be for a band like yourself to look up to and think, well, we could do what they're doing.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. It's something in the Bay Area water, I think. <laughs> yeah. <And> how <laughs> yeah, did them. it work
1: out for
0: you guys with gigs then? I mean, the, what was the first one that made your ribcage shit, the hairs on your neck stick up and made you like, I want to be in a band. Like, was there a certain gig you remember that just, that was it for you? That was, I'm never going to go and not be in a band, you know?
3: I would say a big one for me growing up, like a big concert was uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers with Queens of the Stone Age opening. That was really cool. Yeah, it was insane. And it was like so loud. Uh, But I mean, that was like, that was really cool. And then I'd say uh, like for like, it's for me, like for like smaller shows and stuff, I didn't really like. After, like, because, I mean, that's like, that's a, that was a huge amphitheater show. In terms of, like, my sort of transition to, like, going to, like, uh, going to smaller shows and, like, local shows and stuff and finding smaller smaller bands and everything, it was just kind of like my, you know, the, lo- the local Cleveland punk scene, you know, from when started kind of falling into that when I was, like, 12, 13... And then you know, played my first band at that at that age, and just really just kind of started going to those you know smaller shows. Then couldn't really tell you like what the what the first one was that really made me think like oh this is it like this is it I found my found my spot whatever you know my people whatever you know I don't know but uh, I'd say that Red Hot Chili Peppers and Queens of the Stone Age was like the first big concert that like really really struck a chord with me and like. Just by sheer volume alone, really, you know, I was like... Have you uh, had a
0: chance to listen to the new Queens of the Stonehenge album yet? No, I haven't. It's amazing. It's like, for me, like a return to form. And they've just like... Oh, cool. It just sounds like they've gone back to their roots. It's amazing. You're That's gonna what's You're be blown up. away, man. Okay, cool, yeah. What about you? You can admit it if it wasn't a cool gig, by the way. <laughs> Some people come on and they're like... Please don't tell anyone. I'm like, well, it is being recorded but <laughs> yeah. like, Dave Matthews
3: Band. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah.
0: Like, if that's what you went to, you can't change that.
2: It wasn't DMB, but that would be sick. Dave. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I love when
3: people just refer to Dave Matthews Band as just it's Dave. It's just Dave. Yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, yeah. yeah. Everyone Dave. knows what I'm you I'm going mean. to see Dave. Oh, yeah. Dave who? Dave Matthews Band. It's like, yeah. oh. oh, it's just like your boy? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like good friend thing we, go yeah, like, yeah, yeah. we, go, yeah. we go way back. Yeah, like, yeah, we go way back. I've been a fan for a long time, you know.
2: Yeah. yeah I, other than that Green Day gig, um I think like, so after that, my sister had started taking me to like some shows at the community center and I went. And so I became a fan of just like the local bands that would play there. And I went to see the Suicide Machines one night and a couple of the local bands that I would see at the community center opened that show. They're called Delay and the Merkers. And that was my first time going to like a club, like going downtown and going to like a club venue and like it was packed. Someone's Liberty spike went directly into my mouth like as we were moshing <laughs> no. and I like it went like into my throat Oh, oh my god. god, and but like there was something
3: Yeah, right there, when you deep-throated that Liberty spike Yeah, you know, was, you're like, as
2: I was tasting hair I'm, gel for the next week. Yeah, I was, was like you're like I'm yeah. a
3: lifer I was like this. I'm I
2: think this, this is what I want to do with yeah. my life. I yeah I to
0: taste hair gel, hard hair gel, wet hair gel for the rest of my life.
3: Yeah Sweat and hair gel and die. <laughs> did you, did you <laughs> ever meet? Did you ever meet anyone like has me growing up like I, I the people that uh, the people that I knew that got really big into like cra- you know st- like huge mohawks and shit uh, I knew some people that would use egg whites I've
2: heard of that yeah. yes yeah Crazy. I don't know if I knew anyone that did it but that would have I, tasted I, I, better I
3: knew, I knew a couple people yeah that did, just did the egg whites uh use Whatever the egg whites to stylize if it. Works, it. Works, yeah, it does it then?
0: Why not? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So we're here at 2,000 trees, and how does it feel when you look at the poster and you see these incredible bands? Some bands like Bullet for My Valentine, Headers for Heroes, um, even like Brutus. These huge bands. Are you like looking at the poster, thinking it's quite intimidating because you want to prove a point, you want to like show the world that you're worthy of that slot, or are you just enjoying the moment?
3: A little. A little there's a little bit of a uh, little bit of that. You know, I feel like i feel like anyone in a band along the way it's like yeah you have these you have these like moments of feeling imposter syndrome kind of but like we're just we're just we're just stoked to be here i mean yep. and we're just like oh cool like we get to play this dope festival and i mean the biggest thing for the biggest thing for me personally is being able to see rival schools yeah i love that band yeah. so i, I mean i interviewed walter last week oh, awesome uh, on special
0: mm-hmm. and um legend by faith truly it's one of my top five albums of all time. It's incredible. Um, I can't believe it's 20 years old. That blows my mind. Yeah. But songs uh, like "Use for Glue," just that riff, the guitar, the production. He does it time and time again, yeah. And yeah. I just blow my mind. He keeps doing it to us, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "Oh, I'll do quicksand, yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. I'll do rival scores. It's like, when do you stop? Like, when yeah. do you stop being so fucking awesome at everything? Just absolutely right. goaded.
3: Yeah. yeah. Are you gonna yeah. get a chance to see their set? Yeah. 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 That's, we're the, stick that's the main thing. Is like, I'm like, I gotta see that. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So like, honestly, I haven't haven't been very nervous. Haven't been very like, you know, in my feels about any of that because I'm just really stoked to be here and stoked to see Rival Schools and, you know, all the other awesome bands we've been able to catch and everything, like, just, you know, we're, like, thinking more about just being excited to be here rather than, you know, uh, getting in our heads, like, thinking, like, oh, do we, do we belong? Do we deserve this? Like, well, whether, whether we, uh, whether we feel that or not, it's, like, we're here, you know, so it's, like, got to make the best of it.
2: Yeah, I think as far as, like, the intimidation goes, it's, like, we've worked so hard, for so many years to get to the point where the band is at now. Yeah. that I ultimately always just fall back on like how many times have we played these songs yeah, we put work, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's just like you, you might feel when you first walk out there and you see how many people are there and stuff like that there's like one moment of like shit. But then it's just like you fall <laughs> back on like this isn't our first this isn't like our first show it's not like we haven't practiced before or anything like right. we know what we're doing at this point it's like it if, if anything it helps like boost my confidence like we worked so hard to get here and all these people are here to see us. It's milestone moment for sure yeah you know? it's
3: like we'll never forget this. this is the first our first UK festival appearance and it's like such an awesome festival so I mean it's like really for us it's just like a huge accomplishment that's like all right cool we you know made it to where we're able to play something like this and it's incredible so I mean we're but you we're put the
0: work in it's not like you've just been like born next day you're like join you this slot you've put the graft in that then gets you this reward mm-hmm. so why wouldn't you reap it like you've yeah, got to exactly. be here enjoying every moment checking out bands that you would normally pay to see right yeah and just enjoying the experience and the weather and the atmosphere it's a mm-hmm. really nice size festival it feels like one big family you've for sure there's no dickheads. look around you everyone seems lovely having a nice time and that's yeah so important I think like this is why I love music oh yeah for sure and, and
3: like I admittedly uh have not been a big festival guy like I'm not I haven't been a fan like the experiences I've had going to festivals haven't been as positive but I was like man if, if everything was like this I'd be oh, a festival yeah. guy <laughs> yeah for and sure what's the rest of the year looking like are you going to be recording or doing some more tour dates
0: or how's it looking
3: we're uh doing some more tour dates after this uh, doing in the six, UK, or mo- six more UK shows. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then we go back to the US. We have a couple festival appearances. Um, what in August? In August, yeah. yeah. In August, and uh, we're playing a couple festivals then. And then, uh, then we're laying low for just a, just a little bit. But we have a we have a tour coming in, uh, like a US tour in November, December. And then after that, really hoping to get back over here and do some more like mainland yeah. Europe stuff as well.
2: Yeah.
3: Because uh, you're gonna be busy, guys. Oh yeah. yeah.
2: We're used so, to it, though. Yeah. No, like, don't <laughs> stop.
3: If you if you're not if you're not like if you're not keeping it going, if you're not keeping that momentum going, it's like it's gonna you're gonna slow down. Yeah. You know? we, we like to stay in motion with it. That's awesome.
2: Now, now more than ever, it's easy to get lost in the mix of everything if yeah, you're not active, you know. So the
0: um, question I ask everyone that comes on is my final question for you guys today is every band that comes on gets to choose the last song that's played. So any music by any bands by anyone in the world, you oh, both Whoa. get to choose. But what I really love about this question is I always find out the reason why the song came to you before any other. I know you're both in a band. It takes a lot longer. There's 10,000 songs in your head already. <laughs> yeah. but what's a song that means a lot to both of you that you really adore, that when this interview is all done, edited, and the world's ready to listen, it plays out, and you guys are there like, yep, that's the reason why... I want this song to be played
3: after our interview today. Oh, our, of our songs?
0: No, no. Any, Any band? Song. Any band? Okay, yeah.
3: I was, I was, was gonna say like, what, what is what is the context of this? Like, what's the last song you want to hear before you die? Type of thing? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Okay. Um. Frantic by Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, nothing off of uh, Saint Anger. Oh, man, that's a that's a really good question. All
2: right, this might. All right, I think good good things by Descendants because oh, I've just been shoot. feeling good good things about this festival and this trip so far and the t- everything that's going on in my life and with our band and i love that song. every time i hear that song i crack a big old smile it's one of my favorite tracks of all time
0: that's awesome and yourself you feel uh, like even more pressure now yeah no that's, that's really, really hard, hard. I'm, <laughs> like, oh, like, yeah, I'm
3: like oh yeah i'm like that's that is really tough i'm because i mean I'm, i got like songs that i'm like you know favorite songs of all time but i'm like it's like Songs I'm like, okay, it's like a, like a bummer. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, how do like? What's my favorite like feel good song? I don't know. Probably Party Hard by Andrew WK. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get a party <laughs> a going. I love
0: a fucking epic song. <laughs> it's, it's great. But, yeah, it but, is. But you can't be miserable listening to that. Exactly. No. And it makes me feel like I'm out having a beer in the sun. Yeah. It so could be perfect. Right.
2: Also, one of my favorite live sets I've ever seen was Andrew WK. He's chaotic. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. go with
0: that. Yeah, it's a good one. And I, what's happened to him? Is he still touring? I've not heard his name for a long time. I don't really know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I have no idea.
3: But You're uh, listening right I wish, yeah, I wish Andrew, the best. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: to find out what's going on. But Bang
3: uh, my line. Let's make party harder. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome, guys. Thank you so much for coming
0: on. Are you here for the rest couple of days, or are you heading off? Or? Uh, we're
2: here just for today, and then our, our, our we have a day off tomorrow in Birmingham, and then we start our uh, the rest Birmingham. of our dates. Birmingham, uh, so yeah, Birmingham. Birmingham.
0: Bur- yeah, Birmingham. <laughs> Birmingham.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: I don't live too far from Birmingham, like 45 minutes. It's
3: okay. It's all right. You'll have a good blast. We, what's it? Where are we at? What is it? Ch- Chel- Cheltenham? Cheltenham, yeah. Cheltenham. Yeah, we've been saying Cheltenham. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. A lot, yeah. a lot of hams A lot of Yeah, yeah. But just, uh, you I know, just some glass some, glass and some mid- all. Midwest dorks talking out the side yeah. of my
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're clearly from the States and, like, the middle of it. It's good, but man. We're going to go to the Black oh, Sabbath oh, Bridge oh, tomorrow. <laughs> this is totally awesome, awesome here in Birmingham.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a totally rad time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But thank you for coming on. <laughs> thank, you, and, uh, thank you, Mark. Absolutely, thank you. When you do some
0: UK shows, if there's more dates and there's more next year, I'll come down. Yeah. We'll record again. We'll do something longer. Absolutely. Really I'm going to get a band on, introduce myself. We have like 10 minutes. It's a festival. Oh, yeah, and then for then we sure. dive deep and do like an hour follow-up. So Sweet. if you guys want to do that in the future, it'd be a pleasure. Please. For sure, awesome, for sure. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you. When it's a party, we will party hard.
0: So there's the first interview out of four and hey, to start with Heart Attack Man was brilliant. A great band with so much energy, a brilliant interview, not serious, had a lot of fun and that's all I wanted at 2000 Trees. It really was an amazing weekend and to see Heart Attack Man was honestly an experience that a lot of people need to do. They're a band that are just going to keep on getting bigger and better and I can't wait to see the journey they go on. Next up for me is the band Brutus, a band again that I've only recently discovered, but my God, their main stage performance from this weekend was one of the most talked about sets of the festival, and rightly so, they are epic. I can't wait now to go and see them at Arctangent only next month, but this band are just absolutely unreal. So I think the best thing to do is to get straight to the interview. So here's me and Brutus talking all things 2000 Trees. I'm here with Brutus, both of you. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast.
4: Thanks for having us. Thanks for
0: having yeah. us. Absolutely. What I like to do with all bands that come on is find out the first album that you owned that made you fall in love with music. So maybe you were a child and you worked and got a CD or an album. What was the first one that each of you bought that you fell in love with straight away? <coughs>
5: um, I th- I'll start. Yeah, sure. Uh, at school, I got a, a, a tape with on one side Nirvana and the other side raised Against the Machine." Wow, those that are was, massive. Yeah, that was. Yeah, my parents had no music at home and no vinyl or nothing like that. I was, I was for me, it was totally a bomb coming in. Like, and like, I think it was a 30-minute cassette, so not everything from all the both albums was on it. it was just like it stopped in the middle somewhere. But it was uh, my first time I remember was that cassette.
0: How old were you when you had these?
5: Uh, 13, I think, wow. 13, 14. And I
0: mean, Rage Against The Machine, that still sounds today like it was recorded yesterday. It's an album that is timeless for me.
5: Yeah, what they did or what they do and what they wanted to do now again, but I think
4: they canceled everything because Zach yeah. is sick or hurt or something. Such a shame. What yeah. about
0: you? What was your first album?
4: Uh, the first one I remember, it's uh, Rory Gallagher, the live record, the Irish store record. I was like, I don't know, five or six, and my, my dad was a, is a huge fan. So that's the first record I remember, like, wow, yeah, it really drew me in, yeah.
0: Music changed for me when I went to see my first live band. Uh, mine was Green Day. Yeah. Uh, I'm 41 years old, but it was during their Dookie tour, Green Day Dookie, uh. and um, I couldn't believe it. The sound was amazing. The gig was amazing. Billy Joe singing his heart out. What was your first gig that you remember? Uh.
4: The first gig I remember is from a a Belgian band, uh, Soon. Soon? Soon, yeah. I've never heard these guys. Yeah, unfortunately they broke up a couple of years ago. But it was like a, a Belgian band and it was the first time I saw a band and they had like a punk edge, but it wasn't punk, it wasn't hardcore, it was something completely different. And that's one of the shows, I think I was 13 or something and that was amazing, yeah. Did,
0: d- you, did you know at that point that you wanted to be in a band? Were you like, that's yes. what I want to do? Yeah, definitely. Instantly. Yeah,
4: I think they're on Spotify now. S O O N, soon. Yeah. Incredible stuff.
0: I'm gonna listen to them after today. I'll go home. I'll go on Spotify. I'll listen to Soon. And see I what
4: they're like. Yeah, it's it's. I love them. It's. Uh, I still listen to them like. Uh, yeah. yeah. Quite yeah, a lot. So we're we're from dude. the same
5: scene, and I yeah. also remember Soon. Yeah. My first gig was not in the local scene. I wish it was like with bands like Soon or. All the bands from from the area yeah. where we grew up, but it was on a big stage. It was <laughs> Channel Zero. Nice. It's a it's a Belgian metal band. They have one very good album. It's called uh, Unsafe, I yeah. think. It's from '94, '95. I don't remember. And it's a very cool band. And they were like the opener of the big festival in Belgium. It's called Rock Werchter. It's like one of the biggest festival Belgium has like even in Europe it's like very very good uh, festival very huge and they were the opener and I was there on my first festival day to, to see Channel zero And how old were you I was 16 I think by then 16 I had friends who lived close and then my parents allowed me to go with them
0: that's incredible and now we're here at two thousand trees be honest do you get nervous before you go on stage are you kind of intimidated do you look and think wow, there's some big bands here. We need to go on stage and really, really put on a show.
4: I have it always for me, every show, even if it's a club show and it's just us and an opening act or it's, I'm always nervous. It's, you always want to play your best and it's it's a thing. We do this, it's not, uh, this is not a job. It's like, it's, we live for this. So if you go on stage I mean, I'm really jealous of people that can just walk on stage and do their thing. I, I'm not like that. I'm like, I'll do my thing, but I don't know how it's gonna be. <laughs> I just want to play well, especially for Stephanie and Peter on stage. Yeah, same. Yeah,
5: I'm more nervous for like them, like Stan and Stephanie, yeah. for, for my band and for my sound guy, than uh, than for the other bands or like. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not so nervous, no. like uh, because we're. I'm mostly nervous in the beginning of a tour, like the beginning of a new set or new songs and that are not in my fingers so very well, but I feel like this, we already played 50 shows this year, it's like, I, I, I tell myself that it's no reason to be nervous because we did it so many times. If I feel it coming, it's like, we already did this so many times, so it yeah. makes me relax a little bit more. But in the beginning, the first 10 shows, I was that nervous. First 10, 15 shows of the run, I'm like, I'm like, fuck, 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 I'm gonna fail. I failed. I did <laughs> fail, and then people <laughs> film it, and you fail, and it's on YouTube, and it's like fuck, fuck. But now it's like different. I'm also a rela- lot more
4: relaxed. If I fail, it's like whatever. And at the end of the day, I mean, it's music. We're all human. we Yeah, yeah. So we make errors. Yeah. yeah. So I it's sometimes
0: like an error because it shows it's real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
5: So we, we we had to stop a show. I don't remember. It was not this year, but longer ago, and and the people were like cheering so hard because we had to stop a song in the middle because we fucked up and we had to start over yeah we
4: started laughing on stage yeah <laughs> and
5: it was like and a lot of people came to us that was so cool that you guys and i was like okay it's not about perfection people no.
0: relate people know it shouldn't be perfect all yeah. the time no. it's not machine it needs to be real a mistake is fine and if your fans love you they're gonna to smile with you yeah yeah, yeah but which you still is wanna nice. do your best yeah of course yeah yeah, <laughs> <Of> course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it's yeah. like cooking for your girlfriend you still yeah. want
5: to okay yeah i did too much salt but <laughs> no you want to do your best you want to be your best (laughs) best meal for your girlfriend always so So did you put on a good meal today was 2003 set a good meal
4: i think so because
0: did you enjoy it i I had a great time
4: It was so hot on stage at like two three times that i was like yeah there i go they're gonna have to pick me off the sun can be like a killer if it's like straight
5: on your face and you have to like play and like concentrate and move a little bit and
4: yeah you always think your guitar is out of tune because of the heat But we strings, had a great time the strings big, go flapping the yeah and they were they were lovely so yeah, yeah it was fun yeah
0: and where does it go from here do you guys want to now come back and do a tour is there any talk of some dates yes yes uh Definitely. stephanie forgot
5: to <laughs> stephanie forgot to tell on stage but oh yeah we're not like so much of a talkative band on stage which i like it's okay but uh, yeah, we're gonna come back in I think November or December. November, December. 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 Amazing. And we, we play like London, uh, Bristol, Bristol, Glasgow. Yes. Manchester, maybe. Yes. I don't know. Like the big cities. That's we're awesome. Gonna, yeah. 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 And we're gonna come from Arctangent too. Yes. I'm and we already. Be there. I'm gonna be at Arctangent. Oh, it's gonna so. be a fun one yeah, as well. Really and we good. did Download Festival, which was also very cool. I too. was
0: there. That was amazing. But it was so hot for four days, I was melting. Uh, I couldn't believe it. But um, our tangent's a bit smaller, yeah. but uh, every band there is incredible. That lineup is amazing. Oh, yeah. Th-
4: I mean, the day we play at our tangent, it's like a lot of our friends from Belgium are playing as well. Yeah. So that's going to be cool, but like the bands we play with, it's. <laughs> I'm totally not going to be nervous.
0: Are you on the same day as Converge? And yes. Empire State Bastard. Uh, yes. We
5: played with them in Download. They played right yeah. after us. Fuck, that's cool what they were doing. Really brilliant. Yeah, really br- uh, for me, original. That yeah. was like. I didn't know what to expect and I was like, I'm going to literally
0: good. go and see them after this today. They're on over there in about yeah. half an hour, nice. an hour, and um, normally it's Biffy Claro, that band, who are so different. So I love yeah. that they just go out there and do what they want. And so uh, cool.
5: Dave, the drummer, Dave. Dave, Dave yeah, yeah. He, he checked out all our set on the side of the stage at like download, yeah. download Festival. And I think with a guy with a track record like that, who comes early or checks out bands, no, like small bands like us, like before on, on the festival. I think that's very, very, very cool. Yeah. Did it make it's you very more cool.
0: nervous looking around and seeing the Slayer drummer? Like, oh yeah, my god! Yeah, it's unbelievable. I get, yes. still get goosebumps.
5: But he walked to, uh, I not He walked to Stephanie after the show, and he said like.
4: Um, Hi she, she, name, she yeah. should told, tell this but it was like very nice show um. my name is Dave and then it was looking like Lombardo and she was like I know who you are yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine he you you introduced yeah. <laughs> introduce
5: himself to Stephanie and we were like so humble <laughs> fuck
4: yeah really That's nice pinch me moment yeah. yeah absolutely definitely
5: and do you
0: kind of now look at the place like a festival here to try and win fans do you know that because you're still on the main stage it's a hell of an achievement do you absolutely. then think I want some people to walk away and then find out about your band absolutely
4: definitely yeah absolutely yeah. that's a cool thing about festivals you you when you play a club show everybody there buys a ticket to because see you see Brutus, yeah. and that's a good thing and that's nice and you, you you know you're gonna have a great time on stage but at a festival it's like there's something in the air like okay yeah fuck yeah, always a that. lot of people here that didn't come for us and, and you
5: you when you walk when you look into the crowd you see people nodding with a song and you see like people what are they doing and it's those people, I, r- I really love to play for them. Yeah. So do I
0: you guys get to see some other bands while you're here? Or have you got to just do some press and then leave? Or are you going to try and get to see, like, rival schools or...
5: Oh, that would M- be great.
0: That, 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 nice. that would be nice. That would be really glasses. nice,
4: yeah. I think at first we're going to have some food. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: Everyone's walking around with nice food. Yeah. I'm really, yeah. Hungry, yeah. And I'm really yeah. hungry and I'm same, like... Same, same, same. Oh, it <laughs> looks yeah. so good. What same I'll same. do is I'll let you get some food soon. But what I do on the podcast is my final question. Is every band that comes on... 200, epi- 280 episodes I've done now each person that comes on chooses the final song that's played so it's not by yourself what's a song that you both love that you want to be played on the podcast that is personal to you I know it's hard
5: because there's one so song, many songs one song one song one song, one song each if you want and the, la- it's the last song of the podcast Yeah. Yep. the last you, song of my life last no.
0: song on the podcast uh, that you, or if you're going to die what's the last song you want to listen to what's your favorite song oh. that would want to be played okay for me it's a tough one isn't it
4: yes but i'm gonna make it difficult for you to find it as well oh man <laughs> sorry man. i've
0: got spotify i'm fine
4: now you go first because i have to think about what
5: <laughs> uh, um uh I w- i'm gonna say the first thing that came to my mind it's like the funeral from a uh, band of horses oh fuck. It's who? The funeral? Oh, from B- Band of yes. Horses. Yeah, play that one.
0: And what's the reason? What's the one that? Because made I that
5: thought m- I thought your question was like the last song you ever want to hear. Oh yeah yeah or, or yeah. Or when you when you I was like my brain was like the I last always, song ever. I always
0: want to know the one that came to your head first. And if yeah. that's the one, then that's the, the
4: funeral of Band of Horses. Yeah, yeah. mine is yeah the Smiths. There's a light that never goes out. Yeah
0: yeah. Woohoo! Wow. That's my song. Yeah. Just drop the microphone now and walk <laughs> off. Like, it doesn't get much better than <laughs> that. Yeah yeah. Fuck guys, yeah. thank you for nice coming so. on the podcast. Thanks uh, for having thank us. you all the luck. Let's meet up and do another interview at uh, our tangent. Sure. Longer yeah. After we've eaten, we'll yeah. sit down. We'll do longer. I okay. can't wait to see your set. But thank you so much for coming on, guys. Thanks okay. for yeah. having us. Thank you us very again. much. Thank you so thank much, Cool.
1: Thank you so much. Thank, so. thank you. Take me out tonight.
0: So there's my interview with the amazing Brutus and as I said on the start of today's interview I can't wait to see these guys at the Arc Tangent Festival in August and if you haven't got a ticket go along I'll be there doing press and I'm even on stage again doing a live podcast for you all so that's a reason to get a ticket alone. Next up, I'm joined by the band Lost Alone, a band that I've been a fan of for a long time. I think Steve as a front man is one of the best entertainers out there. He has such a great voice, one of the best guitarists and songwriters for me, and I can't wait for you guys to hear this interview because it's just fun, chaos, and we don't really even talk about music. It's just nerds chatting, and they won't mind me saying that. There is a bit of a backstory as well. I did interview Steve a few years ago, but this interview got completely lost. And when I say lost, it got stolen out of my car, and I'm still furious about it now. And one day, I really hope that I can find it and release it as part of my Lost Tape special, because it's something that was really special. But we talk about that on today's interview, so I don't want to spoil it. So I think the best thing to do now is to hear the interview. So here's me and Lost alone talking all things, well, breaking into cars. i'm here with lost alone um long story short i've already spoke to steve but it's a long lost episode which i don't think anyone will ever hear about because of people in derby stole it
6: which is so funny considering we didn't do it in derby and that is our hometown <laughs> but we've now just realized that maybe somebody knew there was golden golden words were spoken and so in our ho- hometown as was it your car broken yeah your car was broken in. this is a shout out to derby for breaking into a car if anyone's got that then please return it Do you um, know the
0: worst part about it is no one ever released it like you hear about like the beatles long lost recordings getting because it's, it's too soon it's gonna w- be like,
6: so like it's dead. gonna it's You're gonna like pretty pretty be it's gonna, pretty gonna, pretty gonna pretty when, we're all, when we're dead that's what becomes the, <laughs> yeah. the priceless we need to wait for us us two to be dead that's it then it becomes like and mark has got the contacts and derby who stole it yeah so you already now know when we die, or Mark
0: released. stole it, and this is a big fucking. Conspiracy. Wow, yeah,
6: <laughs> or I didn't like how it went and oh called oh Mark man. and said, sti- st- I know he's going to be in Derby,
0: steal this because his interview because terrible. I wasn't
6: into the interview and Mark stole oh it. Oh man, got it in my bag right now. I
0: felt we really connected that day as well. It no, was a we, real did, so good we one. did, we did, we did, to so be fair. Yeah, it was awesome. But, um, times have kind of changed, and here we are today at 2000 Trees, but you guys had. One of the busiest summers ever last year. Like the fact that I know you're friends with uh, My Chemical Romance and they absolutely adore your work, but I know you've been asked this a lot, but what was it like when you had that phone call with them saying, you know, we're reforming, the rumours are true. Do you want to come with us?
6: Um, well, from my perspective, it was a kind of weird, um, like me and Mark talk about this a lot. I, I seem to be able to manifest things that other people go, whatever. And we'd, we'd started talking haven't we, about yeah. wanting to do, because we were on a hiatus, as you know, last yeah, time we course, spoke, I yeah. was doing solo stuff. Me, Mark and Alan remained, we were best friends still. We start; everyone was in a better place and we were like, should we do new music? And um, right around that time, uh, Ray and Gerard actually just got in touch with me and went, would I like to play solo on their shows? Wow. Um, and I had this weird moment of like turning that down, knowing that it would be perfect for our first shows back because no one knew. So that's in like November 19. We fully they were like told him it was Lost Alone. I was a bit nervous because I didn't know if like they were asking me to do it because they wanted fresh, you know, like yeah. we want new people, new bands. But when I said like um, they were just over the moon, they were so excited. Um, and then it wasn't announced. And then the pandemic hit and we had to keep it secret for two years. Um yeah. I mean, you did very well because you never did any like we sort never of cryptic a thing. like any little No. It hints. was harder for Mark because I was able to we, we realised that we started making a record, as lockdown got longer, we were like, well let's just make an album in remotely. So I could post all these things of like, hey I recorded, it looked like it was solo. But Mark was there and you were constantly like, I want to post about this. But we were like, you can't let people know we're together.
7: Yeah, it's just it's just that stupid thing that like you learn being in a band that I actually really don't like it when you put there's a big announcement coming soon, like an announcement about an announcement announcement that we've got something because in experience, sometimes things just don't happen. And, And there's always that worry that the longer it went on, the pandemic, no one knew what was happening. And we were just like, well, we may as well make a record. We've got time now. And, and then there was a point where,
6: two, before, when it got postponed again, that time, towards it getting close to when we were announced, we actually thought, we've told like friends that we've got a record. We've made a record. We were like, this actually, there was a real close point where those shows almost didn't happen yeah. because of insurance. They were like, unless we know they're happening. So anyway, it was quite nerve wracking, but it was fantastic to on one day last year, you know one day to be able to just go on our socials and go hiya we're back there's a new song and we're doing stadiums with michael carreras and our fan base just went insane
0: it was such a fun day was there part of you that kind of thought let's give it in bits like we're back that's one announcement nah. here's a single new announcement but you just went we we planned it <laughs> to be the most
6: ridiculous people had been asking how oh, you think you'll do stuff because they knew we we're friends yeah and we always been so but we thought we thought, how you just said, would it be cool to drip feed? But then we were like, if how, how, like, I don't just know say. melt their th- brains, just like, yeah. Did, check this out, boom. I think the only thing we held back was that we waited about a week to say we made an album. But in terms yeah. of a new song, yeah. we're playing these shows and we're back, was like one day. And it did kind of like, because you know, we're not like a, a massive, massive band. It was very good to like, just be able to hit that and everything. Eff- we got the same thing we got when we first started which is oh they've obviously paid to go that or something so people knew our oh, when we were first around because a lot of like mike m paramore 30 seconds to mars shikari all took us on tour people thought we were paying to get on tours and it was because they all heard our music and asked us personally, so we, we kind of fought against that. We were like, believe us, guys, we can't afford the bus. Yeah, no, this is not, we've not got some Svengali. This is three guys from Derby.
0: We're eating meal deals every day I while the bands are in catering. Yeah,
6: literally, McDonald's was a highlight.
0: Yeah, Boots meal deals should not go underappreciated. £3.49 is a good meal deal, totally to be honest. Totally, totally. But like, to come back then with an album and kind of sit on it because of the pandemic and record and everything, and like you said, you people would start thinking, oh, it's just his solo record. What did it feel like when that plaster was ripped off and you could tell the world? Like, it must have been incredible because it wasn't like this fact that you announced you were back and then you were going to record. You would yeah, already got done. this treasure done.
6: Yeah, that's kind of weird. I mean, it felt, it felt strange because it was something we'd never done before, wasn't it? Where yeah. we, didn't, we didn't see each other. I locked down pretty crazily because of my asthma. And it was um, myself in London, Alan up in Carlisle, Mark in Derby, the guy who mixed it's in LA, Greg Wells, we, I mean, we pulled in. What, what was nice about it for me was the amount of love for our bands. There was not really a financial thing for the people who got involved. Greg Wells is one of the biggest producers on the planet now. An
0: absolute genius as yeah, well. Yeah, a
6: genius. And it was a message to Greg. Greg, we're making a record in lockdown. we play these stadiums as a secret. Would you, is there any chance, because he's worked with us before. And yeah. Warner Brothers have paid. We were like, is there any chance you'd be up for it? He was like, yep, love you guys. Adam Noble, who's made the last two Biffy records, He's mixed it as well. Adam's mixed our new single that came out last week. All these people are, we feel like we've we had a lot of currency of, we were never like bad people in our career. And everyone who worked with us, like working with us. And a lot of, during the pandemic, people were like, oh, I'm not doing anything now. They're doing it, we'll help them. So we managed to make this record very geographically around the world without any of us leaving our homes really. Mark went to a studio in Nottingham to do his drums. Yeah. I never left my apartment. I could watch Mark doing the drums in Nottingham on the screen and listen to him and talk to him like i was in the studio with him it was but just it, crazy but it was
7: unique because we hadn't like we hadn't played the songs to a lot of them together no like so it was a very weird first time way we of played them
6: was the, the show with the, the warm-up show then the mike M shows mm. that's so insane crazy. yeah so the first time we played those songs
0: mark did you feel nervous because you'd been not writing you hadn't been on social media steve's obviously had a you know pr- uh, promotional Tool, stuff with uh, Solar record all this sort of stuff all the hype was there he was still doing stuff active online you were kind of hiding in the background knowing you were sitting on this treasure did you kind of have that nerves about like shit I, I, it's been a long time since we played are people still gonna want to turn up Are people still gonna want to hear us
7: I think yeah I think ev- every, I got that today. every 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 <laughs> band has that we you know we talk, we were talking about that earlier today ev- everyone has that feeling I think who's in a band I mean, I'd, I'd been doing bits and bobs of music, but I realised that when we started working on this album again, it made me realise why I loved Lost Alone so much. It's just, it's a different entity. It's like, it's, it's all encompassing like, in my life, more so than any other sort of musical thing that I'd done. So it was that feeling of like being that band again was actually a really like comforting kind of feeling. It felt, it was a really nice feeling.
6: I felt like, and you
7: said this as well, I I
6: never realised I missed being Stephen from Lost Alone yeah and then suddenly I was that again and I didn't realise that was something I missed and now I just love that that's like my thing
0: but the thing is like and this is with full respect. Most bands would do quite a few warm-ups, and would do some tour, oh, yeah. like we little. You we went. Did, we didn't even do any rehearsals. We you went like. Rehearsals. It. it like we're, we're back, and next week we're at the Eden Project, which is fucking yeah. huge. And uh, the, I see, keep seeing your picture uh, for like promotional stuff, where you're playing, and the crowd are all fucking. Yeah. Moving with yeah, you. I post that constantly. And, and I was like. <laughs> That come back. Like, most people come back like, like I love Headers for Heroes, but they're doing Bedford Squires as a small warm-up. Then they come in here. You guys are like, fuck it, let's go straight We in. did.
6: We played Derby in a tiny room to like 100 people. No, it was the no. venue in Derby. Oh, the venue, right. Can make yes, smaller, yes, um, yes. Which isn't even there now. There's nothing there. But they made it smaller for us. We played it just to be able to play on stage. Um, I was nervous at that. And then at the Mike M shows, they're the least nervous I've ever been in my life. It felt so, I think because of like me and Mark grew up, you know, I, I love Queen. It just felt like the you most- You don't just love thing. Queen, you're
0: the most obsessed Queen fan yeah, I've I, seen I, in my I, life. I, I could, you know, I'm yeah. be the best at Queen. Yeah, ever. Um, more than Brian May. Well, mm. de- Actually, definitely, because he forgets yeah. stuff.
6: But um, <laughs> but yeah, it just felt like, I'm, I'm more nervous today. Like way more nervous yeah. because- other the Mike M shows, I think we knew there was going to be an audience in the stadium. And we also played with them on so before and know that we share a lot of fans. But today I know people got other choices and maybe like, I don't, we always feel quite like the underdogs. Like do people even know, uh, do people know us? This is my anxiety coming out about. Is but it's, but isn't that, that's
0: quite humble though. And that's quite nice. You're not here like, yeah, we're fucking back. We're here at the festival. Everyone's going to come and see us. We're the fucking best band in no, the world. No. You're like, no. I really hope people come and see us.
6: I know if there's people there don't get me wrong I know we'll win them over and have a great show yeah of course but what is nerve wracking to me is I can't in my mind understand right now why anybody's going to decide to go oh let's go watch that band it's I can't like, compute it, it, is, it it's
7: like when we did our tour last year and we quite quickly sold out the London show and it sort of it like it, um, like it blows my mind I'm like wow Like, how, how's that happened it like, was a
6: big venue but we, we, we asked our agent please put us in small venues because we were just like We don't know if any. We we can never visualise the fact that anybody. Even I've seen people tweeting or threading um,
0: to be current. That will die next week. No one's going to stick around on threads. Well, have you you seen Musk?
6: Musk has um, has sued him already. Wow. He said that he's taken Twitter employees and they've took propriety information. <laughs> Fucking hell. I mean, this will be outdated by the time this goes out. I'm going to have to release this tonight yeah, quick, now. Get it out quick. Yeah.
0: <laughs> on the threads. Quickly, if yeah, subscribe and follow us on threads. Yeah. And then next week, Mastodon or whatever the yeah. next one is i'm horrified that you actually took your star wars trainers out the box i own I those from about 15 years ago dude these are my second pair and i've got them in the original box like the figures I, you have know got, this, I have as well and i've never took them out and i know i'm a nerd but i've got like back to the future trainers and the mcfly you'll never let any bit of dust get on listen in the in the van on the
6: way down everybody went
0: because i normally have them in the
6: thing and yeah. then but because um, I live in London now, we've got up to Derby to rehearse and come here. This is my most streamlined, I've cl- I'm going on stage like this. I've just got a limited edition Star Wars jacket put on, um, which you'll probably enjoy being a Star Wars fan. But um, I've got a secondary pair of these. I wore these for all the touring and they're battered. These are my fresh pair that I only just, I have to buy them off eBay. Jesus, my man. original pair are like Mine gorgeous. have never
0: even come out of the box, because it's like the figure, isn't it, where the yeah. box, like said, everyone's the, listening the going, pack. shut up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I am
6: wearing amazing Luke Skywalker, um, X-Wing pilot, Adidas. They're incredible. And I've, I've teamed them with these blue socks, because I thought it kind of worked. Got the,
0: with the little blue in the here as well. Yeah. This is great for an audio podcast. <laughs> but uh Home Alone t-shirt as well.
6: Yeah, I've got my Home Alone tattoo on my thumb.
0: And you've got Home Alone Lego. I have,
6: an, oh, my Home Alone Lego house is still better than even playing a stadium. Building that was the greatest 23 hours
0: non-stop. I was watching you on Instagram and uh, I I was like, Oh man, like I'm gonna have to go and buy this now. And my wife is quite understanding, but when I've got the DeLorean, (laughs) then I've got the Home Alone Lego. She's literally like, How much is it? I'm like, fifty quid. She's like, Oh right. I'm like this is recorded. (laughs) Two hundred pounds. I'm like It's not two hundred pounds. Well I think it was two nine nine.
6: No, no, the 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 Home Alone house I got was four nine nine.
0: I pay two nine nine. Well, uh, I didn't have been, all I'd the lights and stuff. I've been ripped off, mate. Oh, oh bloody hell! But my actually, mate paid for it, actually. My mate got the Star Wars one, which was like eight hundred quid. Oh, that's episode. my dream. Yeah, the
6: really, the really big one. Yeah, and do you yeah. know what?
0: He's done what we did with the Star Wars trainers. He keeps it box and sealed because he's like.
6: Listen, here's my thing. I do not. I keep these. I only get these out to play on stage with. Yeah. And I am a bit silly wearing them on the grass today, but I kind of think like. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not somebody buys vinyl and puts it on a wall. I listen to it. Yeah. I want my stuff to wear and use. Occasionally. Occasionally. But this, this is a, uh, I mean, no one can see this. This is a early nineties Home Alone kids t-shirt. It's beautiful. I really like it.
0: Um, I think we're getting looked at like we need to wrap up. What's the time We've now? We covered all the key topics. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, what I wanted to know, and this is what I do on the podcast now, and I've done it with every guest that's been on probably since the last two or three years everyone that comes on gets to choose the last piece of music that's played so it can be any song any band by oh, anyone on, in the world. on the podcast so as this uh, interview is wrapped up i've edited it it's all on spotify and stuff after the lost alone section you'll have a little choice of a song because there's two of you today you're either going to fight over it right now you're going wow. to agree on it or i'll go home edit and then i'll choose the song i like the most well, I don't know, <laughs> what, what we listening to in the van earlier well wham yeah
6: yeah i'd go with edge of heaven wham
0: isn't there just a documentary on Netflix or something? Just come out two days ago. Out. Yeah, again, nice and recent. Yeah, the stu- um, well, I
6: mean, George Michael's a genius songwriter, and if you listen to Wham's 14 singles, he's just a genius. And he, what people don't realise is he was producing it as well. I didn't know that. He's the producer. I mean, that is a genius. And the documentary is beautiful. Yeah, his Andrew unpl- Ridgeley, his partner in Wham, his, is so uh, humble. His unplugged set is mind blowing. Oh, it's <laughs>
0: Oh, I, I could talk about him forever, but uh, the song Amazing, the lyrics and the production, oh, incredible, open, incredible. absolutely in mind, like genuinely top 10 songs ever.
6: Yeah, so yeah, I would say that's not, that wouldn't be our like last song we'd ever play, but on this today, yeah. Edge of... Yeah. Take me to you agree, the you which makes edge editing for
0: me even easier.
6: Yeah, well, Yeah, we're agreeing, yeah.
0: Awesome, what we'll do, uh, and I mean this guys, I want to do like a special, I interviewed Bowling for Soup recently and we hit it off straight away, and then we went back and we didn't do like an hour special. When you guys are free or when you're chill, you're not that far away. Let's yeah, sit yeah. down and do a proper hour. hour yeah, I'm and up, up for here. that, man. talk yeah. loads more. I want to talk more about you guys going on tour with McFly because well, we, ma- we should in that. maybe
6: do it um, just before that or something, yeah. or get it or on that. Yeah, come, come, and see come, on the come gigs to a and show and we'll do it, it there.
0: You were involved in a lot of the songwriting with that? I saw you your yeah, studio I, updates. And yeah,
6: I wrote, wrote um, seven songs with them on the new album. And
0: you guys just hit it off straight away. I see you and Dougie on the videos and stuff. But again, you and this ends the interview when we're supposed to be wrapped up. But you announced this. You're going on tour with fucking McFly, those arenas, those places. It's going to be fun. It's going to be really yeah. fun. You must be excited. Very much yeah, we right.
6: are. Like, We just love being on tour and like... Yeah. Uh,
0: you don't do it small, do you? You're like Mike Kemp, <laughs> <Cam>, McFly. <laughs> we feel like we could. Next week we're supporting Foo Fighters at we Wembley. Do,
6: well, yeah. I have got, I've got something in mind that's, that I'm going to manifest for next year. So watch this space. Oh, man. It's nothing to do with Foo Fighters, just because no, it sounded like it was. But no, yeah, But something. I have got something in mind that Amazing. I am going to make happen.
0: Don't be nervous about today. Uh, We'll come and check you out. Thank you very much. Uh, Guys, thanks for coming back on. If anyone steals this right now and you're from Cheltenham Spa (laughs) and you steal this, then it's definitely one of these fuckers. It definitely is, That's fair. Thank you guys so much. Nice one. Cheers, man. man. Thank you very much. So there's my interview with me and the amazing Lost Alone. And like I said earlier, I truly believe that Steve is one of the best frontmen in music, an absolute legend, so nice to talk to, so accommodating, and just an all-round nice guy. And hey, if we can talk about Lego and Star Wars trainers, he's going to be welcome back on the podcast whenever he wants. And I will try and catch up with him when they're supporting with Fly and get another interview for you guys at home. And if you are the person that broke into my car and you did steal my laptop and all my audio gear and you still have those files, please give them back please it would be amazing to go out and release all these lost episodes for the people out there and it would mean so much to me and hey if you did break into my car you're a fucking asshole as well but on with the show finally on today's episode i'm joined by a band that i think are just going to be future headliners military gun They're for me one of these bands that are just going to keep on getting bigger and blow up just like the amazing turnstile and the band are amazing and that's why I'm finishing today's podcast special with this interview. It's absolutely awesome. So here's me and Military Gun talking all things 2000 Trees. I'm here with Military Gun. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today at the Mark and Me podcast.
8: Thank you for having me. Uh,
0: what I like to do with all bands that come on the podcast is get an idea about what gave, basically got you into music. So when you were growing up, what was that first album that you remember buying that made you basically fall in love with bands?
8: I mean, I feel like there's a lot of different answers because you also remember different things over time. But of course, man. I, w- I was obsessed with music very young. My, my Nana was really into Elvis nice and then uh, I got into things like Elton John and I was really obsessed with Elton John when I was a little kid and Garth Brooks even really random stuff and then kind of the first records I started getting into independent of you know family members was was things like blink 182 the first CD I remember like working for and going and buying was um, rancid and outcome the wolves wow Uh, but you know like so, Slipknot was probably the first controversial one where like my parents really hated that and obviously it <laughs> made it that much more sweet to want it. Like I was given $20 to go to the mall one day and they said you could get any shirt you want, just not one with, not a Slipknot shirt. So of course the only shirt I bought was a Slipknot Full shirt that had all there, the masks on the front. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, like that was kind of the first, Slipknot was the first band where it was like tantalizingly um, antagonistic to Authority, you That's know, amazing, where, man. where it was where it was exciting to to like them because Authority hated it, you know, I
0: had um, I'm probably older than you. I'm like nearly f- I'm 41 now But um, what I did is when I started listening to music Nirvana uh, had t-shirts with territorial pissing on yeah, yeah, corporate whore and all this and I did exactly the same my parents were like you're not having any Marilyn Manson t-shirt any Nirvana So as soon as I got my pocket money, I was like right. I'm buying the fucking Nirvana t-shirt. Yep. With Corporate whore on the back. I was like, it felt even better to win it.
8: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You want that antagonistic thing, and, and when you're young, you like rubbing up against the world around you in a in a con- conflict-driven way of is course. like the best thing. You know, like it's why I think all of us get into music and punk and anything else is that we're kind of like conflict-ridden ridden dickheads at the end of the I'm day, I'm
0: happily you know? to that I'm a complete dickhead, but it's <laughs> worth it. But um, it all changed for me when I went to see a band live. So when I was only 13, I went to see Green Day on their Dookie tour. Oh, amazing. Uh, and I couldn't believe that, like, Billy Joe Armstrong was playing guitar, singing, and performing so well, but there was only three people on stage. I kept yeah. looking for, like, is there another guitar I don't or? think they
8: had the hidden guitar player at that they point. They didn't, and it was, like, it was unbelievable,
0: but what was those first gigs that you remember going to that kind of made those hairs on your neck stick up, or you made just made you want to pick up a fucking microphone or guitar or just yeah I mean the the
8: first first one the first con the first two concerts I ever went to which were like legitimate concerts were blink 182 amazing Uh, one time was some 41 newfound glory blink 182 and then the second time was Jimmy world green day blink 182
0: Uh, Jimmy world were here last year Uh, yeah I interviewed um, uh, Jim Atkin one of the best songwriters of my generation yeah yeah Clarity for me is a textbook album like it doesn't yeah. get much
8: better than that and bleed American like I'm bleed, bleed American Yeah, I get the uh, I think it was at the sweetness that gets stuck yeah. in my head all the time um, But the first show the first like proper punk show I went to was the addicts um, and that was like life-changing because it was Small and and you know, I got on stage and stage dove and like it was unique because it was more akin to what yeah. we do now where yeah. it's um very reachable with the audience member and and uh, the energy is reciprocated back and forth it gets handed back and forth between the audience and the band and uh, i mean that was that was life-changing for sure i mean it was amazing to go to big concerts and be in seats very far away from the stage but to go to a concert and be like on and off the stage with the band is like you can't I can't don't know what it is
0: about, like, maybe it's, like, me, but I can't sit down at gigs. I, even if it's sold out, I'd rather not go. I'm, like, I'm old, and I like to sit down, and after two yeah, hours, yeah. Like, I recently went to see Paramore, and they did, like, a two-and-a-half-hour set, and I was like, I need to sit down. But at the same time, I really wanted just to fucking enjoy the show, and I feel like if I'm sat down, there's this barrier where I'm a bit cut off, like I'm watching it on a DVD or something, you know?
8: It's interesting, because there are shows where I do sit down, but I definitely feel less engaged at those shows. Yeah. It's, it's less... Worth it. it if, if you choose to sit down, it seems like maybe it's a little less worth yeah. being there.
0: Um, I mean, some bands make you like I went to see Tool and they made you sit down. So I was like, OK, Well, they it, don't want to mosh pit, but you it know, was a, but it was a nice theater experience.
8: The, um, Yeah, I mean, I think about the bands I've watched sitting down like, like Slow Dive, you know, like, yeah, that's a show you want to sit down. I'm not standing up for a two hours. No, slow dive set. Um, you know, I've seen Guided by Voices play 100 songs. And I stood up for the entire That's goddamn time, insane. four and a half hour set. So
0: Bruce Springsteen just did like a three and a half hour set, and I was like, I couldn't do that. Like that—that that is too long.
8: It's yeah. There's there's limits. There's a logical limit. I didn't even drink back then either, so I was just like, stone cold sober, four and a half hours watching God of My Voices play 100 songs. That's insane. I would, I can't imagine them ever doing that again. I'm thinking about going to their 40th anniversary. I don't think they're gonna do 100 songs. songs. They're, yeah, they're gonna okay. do something.
0: So, so how does it feel being here today in this beautiful weather uh, uh, an iconic festival in the UK you know it's 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 something nice isn't there about it feels like one big happy family it's the right size this festival i love it i think everyone's got the right vibe but are you kind of nervous to go on stage and perform
8: uh nervous for kind of external reasons we had to have uh, a member leave the leave the tour yesterday Okay, so that's completely so, 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 you in the deep end. Uh, yeah, so we're in the deep end for these. Like, we have three shows left of tour, and and uh, we're a man down. So it's 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 a little nerve wracking switching the pieces around last minute, but uh, ultimately it's just you know whatever it has to be done to keep the the show going. So that's, we're, crazy. that's What we're gonna do. When you come to a place like this um
0: do you kind of look at it as a chance to win new fans instead of relying on the kind of 100 percent, yeah. yeah
8: it's i mean that, that's everything we do and we we hope that we're making music that appeals to not just one type of person and yeah coming to these things and and uh, specifically trying to learn and me as a frontman, try to work a festival audience and figure out what they respond to and what because I think people come here and they want to be engaged and they want to be involved, you know, but there's still this massive barrier. Yeah. So how do you how do you make people see past that massive barrier and still feel involved in your set? And um, it's a really fun challenge to, to, to try to rise and figure out. Not every festival can we do it. Not every festival doesn't work. But, you know, it's nice to have a challenge and, and figure I'm it out. I'm not
0: just saying this, and it must be hard because you're in the band, but there's a real huge buzz about your band at the moment and it seems to have come really quick the last time i saw this and i I said this literally on the way here today the last time i saw something like this was with turnstile where people started listening to turnstile and within a few weeks everyone was like fucking hell this band's incredible honestly dude i'm not just saying this because you're sat here and i've had this conversation a couple of times this weekend military gunner just blowing up on a huge rate is it a bit hard
8: to kind of digest and see it happening around you we don't feel it no it, it it's a it's the type of thing where we have people like yourself telling us that that's happening but we're still in the van every day the show sizes you know like aren't we're we're, we're just supporting we're like you know it's not it's not like our lives are changing overnight and we've been working for so hard that's that is another similar analog to turnstile is that turnstile was a band for 10 years and before people forget that this. you know
0: yeah
8: um they just wrote a really great record and, and we wanted to write a really great record and that was where our priority was, was writing a really great record and putting it out. And and we've had that record written for so long that all the touring we've done since the first tour has been to lay the path for this moment. So for us, it's not immediate because we've been, our first tour we did 50 shows. It was more than 50 days, but we did 50 shows. And on that tour, we were listening to the demos of the exact sequence of this record during the duration of that tour so we just wanted to make the path towards this record and and hopefully leave a breadcrumb trail that made sense for people so that when the record came out they weren't disappointed or turned off or like oh they've changed so much or whatever you know like so for us it's you know we're glad that it, it is perceived that way but uh on our end it's just we're still just doing work. We're just, yeah. you know, it's the, it's the labor, it's the, it's the love of it. And it's the getting up there and, and doing it and trying to do it better every day. I'm not just saying this and I've had this conversation with Claire, uh,
0: at the moment we're sat here in July. It's the album of the year for me. It's technically It means a lot. It, it's, mean, it it's means a lot. fucking epic, dude. And, um, when you were writing it and you're recording it, did you kind of have in mind to play these songs live? Because sometimes you go and see a band and it's so well produced with twenty different guitar takes and it's so polished that when you go and see them live, it's never gonna live up to it. But you guys pull it off. You play a set and it still sounds as good as the record.
8: I mean it's a hope. I mean we we try to add the harmonies. We we don't I don't commit to anything that I don't believe that with work that we cannot pull off. You know, like um, my goal over time is to have a sixth member who's playing keys and doing additional backups and percussion because that's the, that's on the record yeah. and, and and I would like to build it into a more central part of the records, uh, than anything. So, you know, we put a lot of emphasis on the live show and trying to figure out how to be a better live band. Um, obviously today we're going to have our trials and tribulations with that being down a member. But, um, I don't know, it, It's it, we put a lot of work into it and in trying to make it the best live performance we can. And, and uh, we're not there yet, we're not anywhere near where I wanna be, but I think we will be soon. That's beautiful though, because you're humble, you're um, growing
0: at such a rate, as an outsider we see it, you don't, but we see how much you're blowing up. And I think the fact that you are still in your brain telling yourself you're not ready, you're not big enough yet, you are not perfected on your live set, means you're only gonna evolve, you're only gonna grow. Some of my favorite bands out there, Frice, I absolutely adore, I think they're one of the best bands on the planet, Paramore, Radiohead, they all evolve. And I see you having a future like that. I see you guys never resting on your morals.
8: Oh yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, I mean, we have uh, a lot more songs written and and it's about trying to figure out how to capture those songs next and keep, you know, it's always risking not isolation from your fan base, because you want... I, my big thing is, like, I think a lot of bands try to make a new sound and abandon what they've come from or whatever, which is not my goal at all, but I'd still want to make the next better thing that actually is interesting to me. Um, to go back to what you're saying again about the, the external thing, I just always feel like I never know what's real and what's industry. You know, like, industry is different than reality. Of and, course. And, um, and it's important to know that as as a band as as like but you, you talk to fans every day and that's not industry and the fans
0: are telling you that they love you the fans are saying they love this song they love that song the fans are telling you
8: the album's great
0: they're the yeah. people that matter
8: uh, yeah i know it's true it's true and, and it's amazing you know like i've never signed so many records in my life and uh you know i never thought that that would be a reality that would be the the case and um yeah i don't know it's just a very interesting time and uh, again, I think just because we write so much, to me, I'm, I'm, I'm three years ahead, being like, how are we gonna put this into the world, and and what are people gonna think of those songs, you know, like where it is amazing what we're doing now, but you know. It's a sickness is all it is. It's, it's it's a sickness.
0: Does it put you under pressure knowing that this album's had such a great kind of reaction out there that you need to follow it up and top it? Because you don't just want to be like, yeah, we're known for this one great album.
8: Then we kind of fucked it up afterwards. There, there's pressure in a way, but um, ultimately I only care about what I think about the music. And and if it collapses us to write a record that I greatly love, I'll go with that collapse. You know, like uh, I have full faith that It would either be found in time or or whatever it will be a grower yeah
0: um 10 years after it's still a grower but
8: the i i purposely overwrite and keep writing after a project is finished because i'm afraid of the feedback loop of the audience of of trying to make something that someone else expects me to make i would rather be like well i've already made all these songs and i'm obsessed with them and i'm proud of them therefore i don't care what anyone else thinks about them, um, where if I waited to write songs to see how people reacted, then I'm trying to, like, make the expectation, and then that could never be something I'm fully proud of.
0: Is it a case of that you would then be trying to write for everyone else, Yeah, yeah. tick everyone else's boxes, which is impossible, because no one
8: else is the same? Exactly. Well, and that's the thing is, you know, I even see people be like, oh, I can't believe I drove five hours to see this band. I hate this new record or something, <laughs> you know, and you're like... Well, I, I, I'm sorry that you feel that way, but I, I'm not writing the record for you, I'm writing the record for me, so. Well, as long as you keep in that kind of mindset and only
0: write for you, you're never gonna be let down because you're doing what you wanna do for you.
8: Yeah, exactly, so the criticism, like people can criticize this record. You know, There is a lot of great things being said, but then there's also, as with any record that gets hype, there's detractors.
0: I've not seen that yet. I mean, I go on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, I, and everyone, I mute, everyone loves you.
8: I mute every person that says yeah. something negative. So yeah. Because like, for my own sanity, you know, like, because I dwell on it. Weird? I dwell on it. Isn't it weird that,
0: like, I've had this podcast going for five years and there's like a thousand people saying five stars, love it, love the interviews, but the one person that's like, eh, it's pretty shit, that hits me hard. I'm oh, like, 100%. you fucker, like, Yeah, yeah. How can you say that? Like, you've destroyed me.
8: And I forget then, the 999 people that were all. I, I value so much more the critical ones. I mean, it's—it's. It's, I think it's a valuable trait, though, because uh, if you just think you're great all the time, you're kind of bullshit, you know? Like that's fair. Uh, and I'd rather be closer to assuming that I'm shit and have to work harder than um, than thinking I'm some massively great songwriter and performer. Like, there's always room for growth, and uh, I think the best records are out of growing you know it's so
0: true man and um, I think like I learn from the one negative and make it a positive like I try and win that person round I'm like in my head I'm like I want to see your username one day say I was wrong or yeah he got better
8: yeah I mean I don't keep tabs in that way. I keep tabs on people. you mute them all, so you can't... I mute them, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I'm like, if they're in a band or something, I'm like, I will destroy you. I will find (laughs) you, I will
0: destroy you, and I'll make sure you never get to play with us ever again. Yes,
8: 100%.
0: So as we're sitting here right now, uh, you've obviously got this festival appearance, and then have you got any dates or minds kind of um, come back and play a UK tour? Oh,
8: full UK in December. This is good news for UK in December. Yeah, uh, we'll be I don't know when this podcast comes out, but we're announcing in like the next two weeks. That's fine. I will release it next week, but I will not tell anyone that you've told me this, um,
0: but that's exciting. And the year in the UK on a massive tour.
8: Yeah, we're doing like a full our first full like European headline. So we're going to do like a couple weeks on the mainland. Then I think like maybe close to 10 days in the UK. So that's awesome. We're very excited. We love the UK. This is We've played here so much already. And um, we're excited to see how it goes for doing our own shows because we haven't had the chance. We did the George Tavern in London, but that was kind of like an easy one to yeah, do, you bad. know. Um, and so because of that, it's, it's exciting to, to the idea that we kind of come back and really see where... It's connecting or not connecting with people, you know? I think you'll be
0: surprised, and I think it'll sell quicker than you realize. Those venues will be full, and you're going to have an amazing end to the year.
8: Just don't count your tickets for the hatch is <laughs> the important part, you know? I'm
0: going to come, so that's putting i
8: already putting a, Putting a, a show on sale is terrifying. Yeah. Because then you get the ticket counts every week, and you're just like, ah, oh, pe- people aren't going to show up. People show up, but, you know, you're just like, ah, it's anxiety-inducing. It's mad what we put ourselves through, isn't it? Like, some people will be like, you're
0: insane, but you kind of get off on it as well it's
8: yeah I mean the pressure is obviously a part of the process so it's like if you don't do well this time then uh, then maybe next time uh, all right uh, I was trying to get uh, Naya from Zulu's attention but haven't seen him yet.
0: No that's fair man. Uh, what I do on this podcast is my last question for you today is everyone that comes on gets the same question. The last piece of music that's played after we've had this interview you get to choose. It can be any song, any band, anyone in the world. You're gonna struggle because you write music, you love music, it's your life, so you gotta whittle it down to one. But,
8: what I do say to people, is pick the one that came to your head and your heart first. Under You by Foo Fighters.
0: What a fucking tune.
8: Uh, it's, it like sounds like a Dinosaur Jr. track almost. It does. Uh, I've been obsessed with that song lately. I've been listening to it on repeat, and... Uh,
0: do you that, think it's really... Wait-
8: I mean, not that the Foo Fighters need more publicity from me, but... Uh, You know, it also feels uh, kind of tied in with our record. We recorded our record at Dave Grohl's Studio 606. So I believe recorded the same studio as, as the new Foo Fighters record. And do, you, do you find it quite strange with the production of that record? It feels
0: like the rawness of the first album again. It feels like Foo Fighters. Foo feels Fighters. amazing, I yeah. like The drum sound isn't incredible polished. polish. It's like a weird snare, but the distorted vocals, the guitar. It sounds like a demo at
8: times. Yeah, yeah. I love I, it. I absolutely love and adore the record. And yeah, first song that came to mind, I heard, meow, meow, you know, like I heard yeah. that guitar lead. And it's just such a catchy pop rock song. And I think that... Um, that's the type of shit I love. So I, I, I should have I, I gone some, with something more obscure. No, no, but it's good. It's fine. And I, any, anyone loves the FOOs. But what was
0: it like uh, getting to record in that studio? Because that's a legendary studio now.
8: I mean, yeah, we recorded on the board that, you know, Nevermind was recorded on. Uh, with and Butch Vig there it, making it yeah. sound. No Butch Vig for us, personally. No, 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 uh, no of We had Taylor not. Young, which is uh, just as good in the modern day, in my opinion. Of course. Um, but history was made on that desk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was incredible. It was frustrating because the FOOs were in the other room. Uh, but it was very COVID. It w- this was January um, 2022 that we recorded the album. there. Wow. So we were, like, masked up. Like, they were mixing songs from the movie in the other room. And um, we weren't allowed to meet them because oh. of that. So it was, uh, it was a frustrating thing for us uh, as being really big fans to be, you I know, like, literally like like my van is parked next to Dave's car. Outside in the parking lot. Now
0: Dave, do you want to come in and just do a bit of vocals? Or yeah, yeah. I mean?
8: So, yeah, I don't know. I hope, I hope, uh, Dave, someday hears the record and and it's like. Well, hopefully he's listening to this. Yeah, I, yeah. If you are. I don't know how big your podcast is, but let's five see. Five million listeners, man. It's going to be. Uh, <laughs> if it's one person in there, that five million it could be Dave Grohl. That I will hope. And if I ever meet him at a festival, I'll
0: tell him to listen to your album.
8: Okay, please. And take do. you on tour. And tell him that we did it at the studio.
0: It was so. the car next door that nearly hit his. Yeah. Like, oh <laughs> That really shitty van that you saw, that was that was the guy from this man's. Dude, it's been a pleasure to meet you today. Uh, I will come and see you in December. Uh, Thank you. I want to come to your show in the UK. And if you want, we can sit down again and talk in more detail when it's not a festival, when you got longer. Delve deeper into your lyrics, your music, was, everything else. Anytime, anytime. That'd be awesome, man. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on, buddy. Thank you. So that brings us to the end of this podcast special at 2000 Trees. And you can see why I left Military Gun to the end, what an interview, what a guy, what a band. And you may have just gotten a kind of an exclusive there that they're going to be playing in the UK. And I can't recommend seeing this band enough. Absolutely phenomenal. And the album for me, as it stands right now, is currently my album of the year. They're that good. Now, if you've enjoyed today's episode and you've listened and you think this is great, please go on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram and share it. Because there's a lot of bands, a lot of different genres of music and hopefully some of your friends or people that you follow or your followers will see this and then go and check out the podcast. And that's the way that Mark and Me builds its audience. I don't have a marketing team, I don't have a budget, it's literally an independent one man team. So if you've enjoyed today's episode, please share it. You have no idea just how much it means to me and how much it can really help grow Mark and Me. I do also have a Patreon account and the link is on markandme.com Or you can hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. This then allows me to go and travel the country, go into all these festivals, record these podcasts and that doesn't come cheap but then you guys at home get even more episodes so it really is massively appreciated and in return not only do you get extra episodes, you get an exclusive episode just for supporting me on Patreon. Not only that you get stickers, a badge and so much more and I'm going to make sure that my Patreons get even more going forward so now's the best time to sign up i'll be back honestly in only one day's time with another brand new episode but just before i go i want to give another shout out to another sponsor of this podcast the folio society those guys are amazing and i'm launching my first competition with these guys next week they have the best books in the business so visit the folio for more information right I've got so much editing to do, I can't wait to share these interviews. So stick around, look after yourself, take care, share these episodes and I'll speak to you all very soon.